0: Well then, here we are again. woo Welcome back to the next episode of the Bell Witch Podcast. I am here yet again. I hope you're going to like what I'm going to give you right now. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about lovely Reiki and the story behind it that we all know as practitioners. Kind of like a Yorkshire version, (laughs) or Yorkshire-sounded version anyway, about Reiki. And then my personal feelings on being a Reiki practitioner as well as a little talk about what I've been up to and the film elementals. I'll give that a bit of a unsolicited review as well so hopefully I won't do any spoilers in that but you can just zoom through it if you don't want to hear what I've got to say that's absolutely fine it's only a couple of minutes. Thank you for tuning in and as always if you're enjoying what I'm saying and you like the podcast please review, rate me, follow me Let me know it's okay. It's been a bit of a challenging one this one. It's been a bit like following up the second amazing novel or the second amazing album because the last episode I thought was blooming brilliant. I had a touch of the old imposter syndrome and it just didn't flow. But I've done it now and we will see how it sounds. So sit back, relax and enjoy and let's dive into episode 13. Well hello, hello, greetings witches and beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Bell Witch podcast with me, Swales, the friendly green witch. We're now on episode lucky 13 or unlucky for some. I love this spooky number with all its unlucky stigma and horror theme connections and for me as an ex-goth it's always been an interesting number. Uh, it even looks quite spooky I think, 13th. I have it tattooed on the back of my neck. You know, one of those famous 13 pound tattoos on Friday the 13th, but I don't think they exist anymore because nobody can afford to give tattoos for 13 pounds anymore, no matter how small they are. So <laughs> a bit of a, a dying art now doing the whole Friday the 13th tattoos on the 13th for 13 pounds. I think they'd maybe do 31 pounds that could wash for a bit, but yeah. Wait, isn't that an offspring uh, lyric from a song? You ask for 13, and they give you 31. <laughs> of course, it's quite a witchy number. 13 moons in a year, 13 members in the witch's coven. There's probably a load more history on Friday the 13th, and I just love it. There's probably a podcast right there, so maybe in another episode I can have a have a ponder on that with you, see what you think. Anyway, how have you been? feel like it's been busy, a busy summer, and a lot has happened since that amazing last episode we did with Louise Bloomer, the Wiccan Lady of Leeds, all about poisonous plants. Probably one of the most in-depth episodes that I've ever done with lots of useful information as well as book recommendations and places you can go see poisonous plants. So if you've not heard it, I suggest you go back over and have a listen after this one. It is really good and I've listened to it a few times and picked up stuff I missed and had to Google and more stuff and learnt a bit more. Yeah, it was pretty successful for my first ever moot loot. <laughs> so this means this episode is all mine and solely mine. And I have to come up with something to speak about, which is relatively hard when I have to Entertained Sprogs for a whole six weeks of a questionable weather summer. It went fast and slow at the same time but now the kids have gone back which is brilliant for me. It means I can breathe a little bit. Gosh I love them but they do take a lot of entertaining and and i'm proper skinned and proper tired I ended up going to bed at half past nine last night because i was just so tired from my little girl's fifth birthday which was a swimming pool party i mean she loved it but all running around with the cake and the singing and the preparing it got to me so let's have a breather and a little uh a little chat since last episode of course we had the big beautiful full blue moon, a power moon, which I had an amazing experience with and probably the most positive full moon experience I've ever had. Again, I was with Louise, the Wiccan Lady. I was in her garden with a few of the witches and we did two rituals and we had a cacao ceremony for, for the blue moon around the fire with a bit of singing, a bit of chanting. And this amazing meditation I did that was really vivid and similar to the meditation that I had with the drum journey, which I spoke about a few episodes ago. But what was fascinating was the rest of the week, I had seven nights of vivid dreams that were, were all just so detailed and telling of things. And I do honestly think that was due to Louise's amazing cacao. Most of the cacao I've had, which isn't loads, I've not liked it, I've not drunk it, or it's made my belly a bit upset. But this one was just spot on. I mean, I was really impressed with it. So that was a good experience. And then, of course, now we've just had this massive heat wave in good old blighty where we've all been baking, pushing over 35 degrees. So we've been whinging about how we can't cope. And now the kids have gone back to school. And now it's summer. And now we're (laughs) we're all catching up on the washing. At least you can get it dry quick on the line. But um, my camping's done because the last camping I did, it was just so muddy. I couldn't deal with it in bank holiday weekend everything was covered in muck so delilah bell has gone back into storage for the winter and i am done over the holidays we saw disney pixar elementals twice at the cinema have you seen this elementals it's pretty cool from a witch's point of view (laughs) it's about the four elements of course earth air fire water and i just love that all the elemental characters embody the characteristics of who they are so like the element water is called wade and he's really emotional and he just like sets off crying all the time it just makes me laugh so much he'll say things like there's a butterfly there's a windscreen half a butterfly and then he starts crying (laughs) and then of course he meets ember is the main character who's a fire lass. And she's just so angry and short-tempered and hot-headed most of the time. And Water tries to help calm her down. But she's always blowing up and changing colour with certain things that interact with the fire. And as fire is the power of creation ember is quite a crafty element and she's really good at making glass art and you know she dreams of being a glass artist because she likes to create and then there's gail who's a very interchangeable mood wise who floats around seems quite level-headed and can see bigger picture of things, but it's hard to predict <laughs> and takes no bullshit. So that's very kinda of swordsy isn't it? <laughs> like in the tarot. Cute little earth who's young and optimistic, growing flowers out of his armpit. But that one didn't really have much else behind it. There wasn't much earth in the story at all, which I felt was quite a shame. But maybe that's because we know Earth well because we live in it. It was a good film. Emotional film. Pixar was fall back on the love storyline, how two opposites find a way to fall in love like Romeo and Juliet type job. I think Pixar probably could have been a little bit more daring with the story because the background of the fire people, which Ember's from, is they migrated from Fire Town to the elemental city and spoke their own fire language. And they had to learn how to speak English and they opened up a fire shop. And, you know, it would have been a really fresh new vibe if they'd have just been a bit braver to, to do the more or immigrant story it's a shame they did it and i think it got a lot of flat because in the trailers that wasn't communicated at all it was just focused on the love story boy meets girl it's a shame they missed out a good opportunity there i think the whole yeah the whole story was inspired by the director's life as his parents came from korea to new york They opened up a grocery store and they didn't speak any English and they had to learn to fit in. Then they had a baby and the baby grew up Then who spoke fluent English and ended up marrying a non-Korean woman. And that's the sort of baseline for the film. It should have been more important than it actually is. I think people just wish they'd be more daring and focused more on that rather than just Wade and Ember falling in love. Elements don't mix. It's kind of like a zootopia. I'm a witch, and I love anything to do with elementals. It's such a cool idea that elementals have their own little, their own little life. <laughs> so yeah, if you've not seen it, I do recommend having a look. Or yeah, if still at the cinemas for a bit, and I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus pretty soon because these things don't hang about. Now, for this podcast, it has been quite tricky to pin down exactly what I want to talk you about and i've done a bit of a u-turn in all honesty i was going to speak about the sun and the moon and then i thought oh no i'll just speak about the sun because there's just so much out there about the moon already the moon is such a big deal in wicca and witchcraft so you can find stuff everywhere so and there's not much on the sun so i'll just do sun but then when i was researching sun because it's not very popular i couldn't find hardly anything I got lent a book but it was a little bit later on and I didn't have time to read and so I started panicking a bit as you do and it just won't flow in Um, and then this morning I went for my think swim which I've not done all summer and I've really missed my think swim because that gets the old cogs whirling and the ideas sprout and I've been starved of it over the summer holidays because I've been all about my children and then I thought i am going to bin that idea for later not bin it but maybe put it on a back burner and do a bit more research into it and speak to you about reiki because reiki is i think it's having a bit of a moment and it seems a lot more popular than it used to be and i've got quite an interesting relationship with reiki that i'd like to share with you i reiki trained in 2020 between the lockdowns because i remember i won a raffle so i had a little bit of money to spend on the wiccan ladies shop and i asked if i could put it towards reiki level one course it's a day course and she said yes so i went ahead and did reiki one which was blooming amazing at a house with sandwiches and it took all day to do but it was such a lovely calming experience and then in the end of summer that same year again between the lockdowns i did my reiki level two which was similar but a bit different and a bit more in in depth. You can't be a Reiki practitioner unless you've had at least level one. Level one is good for introduction to do it to yourself and level two you need if you're gonna go and do it to other people in a safe environment like in a shop or and you're gonna charge for it as well that's a big deal. Level two you also get taught how to do distance Reiki symbols, so you can send Reiki to people who aren't actually in the room with you, you can learn how to send it across to anyone in the country if you think about them and do special jazzy stuff with your hands, that's another amazing cool aspect of Reiki that I absolutely love. And then there's Level 3 which I haven't done, Level 3 is all about being a Reiki master and learning to teach and attune other people in the future. Uh, and that's a two-day course, but I'm not there yet, and I don't think I need it right now. Maybe in the future, at the moment, I'm more interested in just giving Reiki and healing people than teaching them. Throughout my whole life, teaching has never really been something that interests me that much. Also, they have to say something about being a Reiki master doesn't necessarily mean that you are any better at Reiki than somebody who does Reiki too there's absolutely no ego attached it really does mean if you're a master you've got the ability to teach others and attune them to be Reiki practitioners too Um, and so they they really emphasize that when you get taught Reiki is definitely not about achieving the top level for your ego leave your ego at the door also I see a lot of stuff online where people claim that you can be taught reiki via phone or via zoom calls or even watch videos and then you can call yourself a reiki practitioner i don't think that's possible and i I think a lot of people agree with me the reiki to be attuned it absolutely does need to be in person because you physically need to be given these uh two three four symbols from person to person you know it's the actions of giving you that symbol's to your chakras by hand and like you know bursting them through your aura and stuff it definitely does i mean you know some people might disagree that's fair enough it's completely up to you but i think in the field of reiki practitioners there is a general understanding that it is a person-to-person attunement i'm going to go ahead and introduce you to reiki so reiki is a word pronounced reiki r-a-y-k-e-y and it means universal life force the idea of the universal life force is not solely to reiki it's been found in loads of different cultures which have their own word for the same thing so like chinese has a chai egyptians had car christians had light or holy ghost reiki is a system for channeling energy to someone for the purpose of healing it was discovered in the 1800s by dr yuzuri who was a dean of a christian school in japan so reiki is the ancient form of hands-on treating the mind body and spirit It's passed down from teacher to student through the art of storytelling and it can be learned by anyone anyone at all if you're interested in it, then you could totally, totally learn it. It's meant to be easy to grasp. It needs to be universal for people to learn. So my understanding is that Dr. Yuzuri was a Christian minister in Japan and he was the head of a Christian boys' school. And one day he was talking to his students about like how Jesus heals and stuff and they had a discussion about it. And he realised he probably didn't know the answer and he needed to find out. And so he went on this massive tour around the country visiting different temples and Tibetan Buddhism places and you know chilling with the monks and talking about it and he did loads of studies and he was really well educated anyway after a few more years of study he felt that like he'd come to an understanding that to go further it required an in-depth meditation and he declared to the monks that his intention was to meditate for 21 days at this nearby mountain and that I've he did not come back they should come and get him after 21 days basically because he's probably snuffed it and he went and he got himself 21 stones to represent the days and at the end of the day he'd throw one of these stones to count the time so he knew you know like he didn't lose it being there i guess he was drinking and eating minimum food and water um, and doing the whole silent retreat type job he were there for 20 days and then we threw the last stone on the 20th day saying well this is it i get an answer tonight or i don't and that's that's it in it i'm done and in that night on the horizon he could see a ball of light coming towards him the first instincts was to get out of the way but he realized that this just actually be what he was looking for. And so he allowed this ball of light to hit him and it hit him right in the forehead, you know, like on his mind's eye. And as it struck him, it was taken on this journey and shown all the colors of the rainbow, which were the symbols of Reiki. And these very same symbols are in the Tibetan writings that he studied, but had not been able to understand. And as he looked at them, now he could totally understand them. And all, you know, all the symbols were coming into his, his mind's eye, and he just got it. It was amazing. It was a huge, massive awakening for him. And when he comes back down this mountain, he knew from that moment on that he was able to heal people. On the first day alone, he healed a broken toenail and his own starvation, or almost starvation. He helped somebody with a, some toothache, some sickness, and he just couldn't believe he could do it. It was like A big deal. These were known as the first four miracles of Reiki. And he went on to use these abilities to help loads of people around him. And he spent about seven years in the beggar section of Tokyo, healing the poor and sick, leading them to a priest to assist finding them employment and just generally helping them out, being an awesome Samaritan. After the seven years, he noticed familiar face of these people who he'd healed. A long time ago, they'd come back again. Complaining that life outside Beggar Town was too hard and that it was so much simpler to beg for a living. So they'd thrown away this gift of health that he'd given them as it had no value to them, you know, they just got it, went on the jolly way and, and didn't look after themselves. And then they returned wanting the comfort and the easy way of life they knew, not realizing, you know, that it made them quite sick. So this, this made Yuzuri returned to the monastery, realised he hadn't taught gratitude along with the healing, you know, that he'd been giving out so freely. He'd focused on all the physical stuff without dealing the spiritual stuff as well. And people didn't understand just how amazingly spiritual and valuable the gift was, that he'd just given them, that they'd gone away and then, you know, come back after a few years. So he did a bit more studying, a bit more trying to iron out all the kinks and developed the concept that, reiki will only work for a long time if it's valued and if it's paid for you know like there's an exchange of energies within the reiki system it'll work better then the reiki works better when it is there's an energy exchange so sometimes people say energy exchange because that kind of has links to the original reiki story but really it's paying for a service which is what we all have to do right because we live in the 21st century and shit costs money i mean i sometimes say pay as you feel for reiki because i'm desperate to get reiki to the people who need it and also i'm quite new to it so people need to figure out who i am and if they like the way i do reiki but also i mean i'll accept chocolates and (laughs) flowers and gifts (laughs) or maybe even a service somebody else offers i mean that would be an energy exchange for the reiki of course So carrying on all this, it became his life. He opened his own Reiki practitioner base, kind of like Reiki doctors. People came far and wide. They realised, I guess, he was getting old and that he needed to pass down this knowledge to somebody who he knew and trusted to carry on after he'd gone. And this was Dr. Hayashi that he met on his travels, who was a Navy commander in Naval Research, is well educated and well respected in the community and Hayashi also was very impressed with the sincerity and conviction of Dr. Yazuri as well and so I think Yuzuri passed on this knowledge to Hayashi and they they opened a, a clinic in Tokyo and word started to spread and it grew and that is the early beginning story of Reiki and how the first reiki lineage formed because it got passed down to four key people and then everybody else is connected to them throughout the lineage which is just so cool i love it so magical not going to just reel it off because it's pretty easy to find the story and that is a very shortened bits of story that i have been taught through my learnings i just love it i love i think it's an amazing story and one of the healings i really connect with the reiki principles there's a quote that says just for today do not worry just for today do not anger honor your parents your teachers and your elders earn your living honestly and show gratitude to everything. And that's a direct Yuzuri quote that he lived by around the Reiki practice, which kind of connects with manifesting as well. You know, like doing the whole gratitude thing that I spoke about on um, episode 11. So it works quite well for me. So I've got my first degree attunement with Louise, where she did some strange whispering into my ear and tapping my head and touching my shoulders passing me the symbols into my chakras and stuff it's all very technical I would just sat there having a nice little relaxed time Um, and I could kind of feel it I mean I was open-minded but I wasn't really sure what was going on and then afterwards we had to practice Reiki on her so she was saying just put Put your hands on my shoulders, and I would put my hands on my shoulders, thinking, like This isn't, I don't feel anything, I don't think it's going on. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And she kind of started looking round, and then as she did that, it started. She said she could feel it had worked, <laughs> so it was a bit like a delayed reaction when it started flowing. I was so unconfident, thinking, I don't think I can do this, I don't think it's worked. Has it worked? Shall I try And I think, as I said that, it started to come, so it's quite interesting. <laughs> I mean, I was the noob I was. I was, I was clueless. And then after the training, we had to go home and sort of rest and practice every single day on ourselves by, you know, laying your hands on your heart. Well, I was doing my heart chakra and my satchel and just saying the words of the symbols and Reiki and myself. And it was great. It absolutely was great. I loved it. It helped me sleep. I used to do it before I got to sleep. And then I got level two because I was so into it. And and originally I learned it just for myself and to heal my kids and to heal my pets and my plants. That's what I always had in mind. I had no idea I could go onto the road and do this as part of my witchy biz, which astonishes me really, (laughs) because what? (laughs) So for three years, I just did it on my own. Did it for my kids, did it to my husband, on the sly when he was uh, asleep and complaining of shoulder aches and stuff and sometimes I could feel my hopped hands and sometimes I couldn't but I knew, I knew it helped me sleep absolutely helped me sleep and then when I did didn't do it I could tell you know that I'd forgotten to do it fast forward to May this year May 2023 Sally Gore likely runs these amazing retreats near Settle called Settle Your Mind like a, a journal relaxing well-being retreat type job next to a river, it's beautiful. Anyway, Sally had run a marathon, which she does regularly and she'd hurt, I think she'd hurt a leg or a shoulder or something. And I suggested, Well how about I give you some Reiki then, do you Because know? I am Reiki trained and nobody knows, but you know, don't blow my trumpet about it. I can give you some if you want. And she said, Oh yes, please, yes, please. Anyway, so I laser dining tent and I'm doing a reiki and it working really well. I could feel my palms tingling, I could feel the heat and Reiki behaves differently for different people I found. So this time for Sally I was concentrating a lot on the crown chakra And I could feel there was something about, I think it were a a ribs. Anyway, so I was, after this, somebody said to me, oh gosh, I didn't know you were reiki trained. Do you want to give me some? I said, yeah, right, I could do it, practice, why not? And then it was a domino effect. People were going, do you do reiki? Can I have some? Do you do reiki? Can I have some? And I did about five or six people that weekend. And it was absolutely glorious. It was really nice just to be part of it. And I came home from... The retreat, I must admit, I didn't feel very relaxed because I'd worked most of it doing Reiki and doing witchy uh, workshops and stuff. But I I was thinking, like, I cannot believe I haven't put two and two together and done this. It is very obvious the universe is asking me to to do Reiki for people as a service. I cannot believe I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thought about this until now time wasn't right you see time wasn't right and so i had a quick look into insurance which is really cheap i think you should always have insurance when you are doing stuff for people on a professional basis i know this from where i used to make jewelry before i was a witch before i was a parent i was a self-employed jewelry designer and the insurance was so important for that it stood at um events you needed third party really insurance so if anybody got her trying some on or tripping over a wire or public liability basically you'd be all right you wouldn't get your ass sued so you do need that for reiki insurance for, for doing it on the road got myself some of that there were a last local that were selling a treatment bed for like 20 quid so i bought that so it's like gosh i've got pretty much everything i need for reiki right now did a few google searches found that you know some shops had places to rent like rooms so i started renting people's rooms in shops like the conscious crystal in armley was my first ever shop that took me under the wing and helped me out and give me tips and i did a a few there i did a few at left bank i did one recently at left bank was just brilliant in the cozy caravan and then tomorrow i am going to be at the crystal booth in Yeadon, which is very close Um, i'm going to toddle up there and every tuesday work with Angela on the counter or doing taste treatments or doing full treatments. I think tomorrow's my the first day, so we're going to offer taster treatments for £10 for about 15, 20 minutes, maybe just so you can see what the friendly green witch is all about. So it's not just Reiki, it's Crystal Reiki. This involves me doing Usuri Reiki, but I have a big master quartz, which I absolutely adore and treasure that I inherited off my mum when she passed away. It's a lovely big pointer. She used to use it to charge tarot and oracle decks. And so it's been passed down to me and it was it goes in the bath with me and I put it I drink water with it and I I make elixirs and when I give birth to my little girl clementine it was also in the birthing pool with me so it is a really powerful crystal because it's been with me through big moments and it is absolutely treasured i draw the reiki symbols with that over your body i sometimes place it on the heart and then do reiki over it and that helps the heart chakra fill more or reflect more or it works differently every time And then I also have a crystal grid that I decorate with assortments of mostly quartz, just clear quartz, just to direct the energies into the middle, which usually has a Reiki symbol in the middle. The symbol I was introduced to is called the Antakarana. I think it is. I'm terrible with reading long words because I'm dyslexic. Antakarana. Antakarana I think it's called there we go and as a male symbol and a female symbol version and it's kind of like a a, it's a a cross it's like a a cross of three spokes which does look a little bit like the swastika but is absolutely not the swastika because it's only got three arms kind of looks like a 3d box image you kind of have to google it it's hard to describe this uh, symbol it's used primarily for directing healing it helps focus the healing application so i put it in the middle of my crystal grid and i surround it with all my little Quartzers, and i put it underneath the therapy table to increase the relaxing effect and the increase the healing abilities it, it's nice to be seen i mean it is a pretty grid but it's more important it goes underneath so before people come in i rake the bed i rake the symbols i put this symbol on it too and then i'll put the crystal grid under the, the bed with the master crystal of my mum's on top of the symbol charging up ready for the person to come in i've got this thing where i like to get the room ready i like to like clear the room so you go i go around with um, a rattle a special egyptian rattle which i believe is called a sistrum i use a sistrum to clear the chakras and clear the room from negativity i use it in my own magic as well and it makes a really loud rattle and I, i do believe you can feel you know like some of your chakras vibrate if they're a bit blocked so when i rattle it it makes my third eye shake a little bit it's interesting i do that and then i rake a symbol the protection symbol on all walls the floor and the ceiling the bed maybe put a bit of music on a bit of incense and then i come out backwards and i rake the door when it's closed and that means when the client comes in they can be the first into the space and they get it a little sort of pre-hit of Reiki before i've even started the treatment and all these little details kind of mount up i just absolutely love it so then you well i would speak to you first and you'd fill a, a consultation form, me and you'd get on the bed and i'd ask you if you're all right and what you know what you're feeling like what you need and i got most of these amazing little tips and tricks from the lovely beverly dodds of primal stone in liverpool a really gorgeous business she gave me a bit of a pep talk right back at the beginning of this journey when I had a, a Zoom call with us, and I was suggesting I should do level three to be any good at this. And she assured me that was all just ego talking, and if I've got one and two, I'm perfectly capable. And then she gave me all these little tips about you know doing the bed and closing the door behind you and doing the walls and stuff. So massive thanks to Primal Stone she sells crystals and she knows the journey of every single one and can tell you where it's from and it's ethically sourced and they're all beautiful and we've got to care about stuff like that in today's age so sidebar go check out primal stone of liverpool so back to to me and my reiki every time i do reiki is a little bit different it varies from client to client the reiki kind of is very instinctual and it tells me it shows me what to do i feel certain things more than others and i just go with the flow different elements a present different feelings come in sometimes emotional symbol is wanting to be used more than the protection symbol so it is very much intuition led for me Um, and 30 minutes does seem to cover because Reiki goes wherever it's needed. No matter where you put your hands, don't have to do your back and front. You don't even have to be touched if you didn't want to be touched because I do a combination of hands on and hands off. You could stay on your back and I'll just go over you and and touch your arms and your legs, finish them with your feet and the energy goes to wherever it is needed. And sometimes, before I've even started my my hands are desperate to get going and my ting- there's tingling and there's heat and you know, sometimes the clients don't always feel anything and sometimes they feel lots of stuff. Sometimes I get messages and I've got a little notepad and pen and sometimes I get little bits and bobs a feeling or a plant or a flower or I feel like I'm on a boat, like on the water, so I get a bit seasick, I've had that before. I've had daisies, uh, and of course my Reiki horse is always in the background, behaving differently in the mine's field. don't know if you remember the story of the Reiki horse. I shall retell it just briefly for the purpose of this episode. Again, it was the retreat in May with Sally and Rachel, and there was this horse on the horizon that was just staring at us like still for ages and we were all looking at this horse going like oh that's strange look at that horse and then later on the same night we did a spirit board two or three of us did a spirit board in the tent and we made connections to a boy spirit a little boy and there was this horse in the background and it i presumed it was his horse although he didn't confirm and it was just frolicking around and being really excitable and i still didn't make the connection and then i think there were a week later perhaps which school we did a guided meditation where we met our power animal and i was dead certain it was going to be a snake or a jaguar or a tiger or a, a dragon or some kind of reptile you know something with a bit of bite and perhaps something that sheds skin because i really like new beginnings and change and transformation and lo and behold it ended up being this this horse this this horse and it, i couldn't believe it was the exact same horse as what i'd seen twice before in a short period of time and even then i still want sure, and i remember asking louise and she said well if you've seen it a lot then it, it must be it and i just was so shocked because i'm not a horsey person at all until this moment horses didn't really come into my mind i didn't look at them and go oh i like horses. I mean, my kids are obsessed with horses, especially Florence, unicorns and horses. And then ever since then, every time I've done Reiki, my mind clears and it's a really gorgeous position to be in. I feel at ease. And then there's the Reiki horse in the background and his behaviour changes with every Reiki session. Sometimes if he's drinking a lot of water, I say to the... Client, I think you need more water. I feel really thirsty, and my horse, my reiki horse guide, is drinking loads. Sometimes he messes about and he runs wild as if he's gonna run into the fence and then do a U turn really quick and run off. Sometimes he's just still and he's just watching and he's really delicate and gentle and just walking around ever so slowly. And because I'm new to it, all I am learning what these things mean. And also he's always in my meditations now and he's usually with my family present and he's telling me to leave my family of the past which is a whole different story but he's definitely a big part of my spiritual life now and I'm working really hard to find out his name but he's not not easy to give it to me. I think he's making me work a bit but he's just so beautiful and he's really lean and his skin is really velvety and he's kind of like an off-white gray sort of duckhead speckle type pattern it is just so regal looking i really like him actually and i'm glad i've made that connection and again that took a long time but things happen when they are meant to happen the connections are just lovely and i could i love reiki because i'm also getting healing as well it's like a mutual healing thing and it marries in with the whole positivity the witchiness i use reiki in my magic I can do spells. When I do the sigil service, I always reiki the sigils for the clients just to give them extra love and extra power, positivity, because it's such a positive thing to do. It's The reiki is the most positive energy. Fills me with love it is ace. And it's amazing that I've only just figured out I want to actually offer this. <laughs> God's sake, it takes me a long time to figure this out anyway i feel like i've chunted on for 40 nearly 40 minutes now have you got any questions if you have feel free to message me email me on the bell podcast at yahoo.com find me on all social medias under friendly green witch or the bell podcast i'm all over and this is probably a good moment to remind you that we are having a go at affiliate advertising funding so hopefully I can make a tiny bit of money back on this podcast and it'll help me continue making it. So if you are looking for a witchy course or to reiki train if you're looking to start your level one I can absolutely recommend louise bloomer the wiccan lady uk. she's based in leeds she does courses on so many amazing topics and reiki is one of them and that's where i trained got a really a really good lineage of the reiki teachers and also the witch school which is my background that's how i learned most of my witching has just started maybe a week or two ago it's on zoom and it's in real life person to person there's Three classes because there's three year levels, and you probably can just quickly join in September. Have a look. I recommend you have a look on the old internet, and if you sign up, if you mention that you heard it through Swales, the friendly green witch, and or on the Bell Witch podcast, Louise will then give me a little percentage of her ticket sales, and that would be so beneficial to me. I just cannot tell you. How joyous I would be if I made just a little bit of money from making and producing podcasts. <laughs> what else? You can tip your witch on Ko fi. Uh, what else can I tell you before I sign off? I've made a website, it's on my Linktree, which is www.linktree forward slash friendlygreenwitch. The new website is on there. Have a skeg, have a skeg. I've done it myself. I hope it's all right. It's uh, a learning, a learning in motion. That's what it is. And I've also written something up for Pigs of the North online magazine, which will be coming out at the end of this month. So look out for that. I will finish off by saying, yes, I'm going to be at the Crystal Booth every week on a Tuesday from nine till probably about 2.30 between the school runs in Yeadon. If you want to come along and meet your friendly green witch, Talk about Reiki, suggest a topic for the Bell Witch podcast, buy some crystals, meet Angela, meet lovely little River the kitty cat who is so cute. Oh my god, I lose my mind. So sweet, I want a cat. <laughs> or yeah, just have a bit of Reiki from the friendly of Greenwich. It'd be lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for sticking around with me. It is no easy task this podcast making malarkey tell you what keeps me on my toes but the next one will be um, another moot loot so tune in for that gonna open a facebook group as well a discussion group just to try and keep my old cogs turning in the right direction because it is all for you i do this for the community of witches who are interested and participation would be absolutely awesome i tell you So yeah, thank you very much. I've been Swales the Friendly Green Witch. This is Made on Wavepad and music is by Jeff Hardy. Until next time, witches, stay magical.